Today's episode is a cautionary tale. We're going to tell you all the ways to access your retirement accounts before you actually reach retirement. Tune in to today's Money Guy show. It's Brian Preston, the Money Guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the Money Guy. So, Bo, we went to a retirement meeting. We might even have mentioned this in the last show um, in Indiana. Right. And one of the things we had to determine for this meeting is that there was an opportunity presented to the employees where they either need to roll assets into the 401k or, right. or take a distribution, pay taxes, or roll it into an IRA. That's right. And it, it got us thinking about all the different ways that you should or could access retirement assets before you actually reach 59 and a half. Now, as soon as I hear you say that, my the hair on my arm starts to stand up because, Brian, I feel like I've listened to you a lot over the years. Yeah. And one thing that you always sort of say is that retirement assets are meant for retirement. Th- that's why I did the whole pirates. I have an analogy in here. Okay. And it's, it's one of those, I don't know if it actually hits because these things can be hit or miss. So when you make Analogies. Is this going to be a pirate? Did I hear right? Is a pirate analogy? I mean, it it is one of those things where I got nervous about why to do this podcast because it, you know, I think that there's definitely a need for the information, but I got scared. Do we want to tell people how to use assets for retirement so you don't have to work with your back, your hands, and your, your brain prematurely when those assets might not be ready, might not be mature enough to be let loose? But then I was like, wait a minute, why do this show? I realize everybody who listens to the Money Guy show, this is not the general public. This is the cream of the crop. These are the people that are influencers among their friends, their family. These are, these are people that probably at cocktail parties are trying to give guidance to their friends on how to make good, smart financial decisions. So why not load up the tool belt? With a, a, a skill set of knowing all the different exceptions, the rules, all the ways that you can access retirement for, for multiple purposes. First, it's a cautionary tale, meaning sure. that they could tell people, cause we're going to put weight. That's one of the things about today's podcast is I want to put weight to the prioritization of when you should consider retirement assets before retirement. Okay. So we're going to have some prioritization, but also it's going to be a skill set for our listeners so that you can know to share this with friends and family. So that's why it definitely has value for our listeners so that they can load up that toolbox and make sure that they can keep their friends as well as just having this this knowledge in case they run into any of these life events. Because let's face it, life does happen. And um, even though you have great plans, it's nice to have some flexibility so sure. you can go figure out where, where to proceed next. Before we jump into the meat of the show, though, I do have a few big things that we need to talk about. The first, let's talk about some fun stuff. A lot of you have figured it out because we've been getting um, LinkedIn comments, Facebook comments, and even on the, and I feel like we ought to have a drum roll, YouTube channel. We are now doing this show. You can see it. You can, If you've ever wondered, what does Brian's face look like um, when he talks a certain way? <laughs> you can see how pronounced my chin is. Right. Um, you can also look at Bo and figure out, is he that superhero good looks that his voice makes him sound like? You're going to be able to answer all those questions and more 
by just going to our YouTube channel. So, so definitely go to moneyguy.com and we'll have links yep. to everything that you need. And then also it's just as easy if you are on YouTube. Uh, you can just type in the Money Guy Show and we'll come right up. Um, we've done a really good job of trying to, I, I should say, our man behind the scene has done a great job of making us much, much more professional um, than I ever imagined. I'm, I'm really excited about the, the YouTube channel. And one of the things we want is we want this to really be a tool for you guys. So uh, if you have someone in your life who uh, they have some questions and you know you listen to this podcast and they might get some value from this podcast, you might say, hey, you should go check out The Money Guy Show. Or they go and check it out and they're like, man, 47 minutes? I'm just not going to dial in for that. One of the things that we're doing that's really exciting on the YouTube channel is we're pulling out what we call highlights. And so if you're somebody who wants to know, hey, uh, how do I prioritize my emergency reserves? Or maybe you have a family member who wants to know the answer to that question. You're going to have a little two, three, four, five-minute video that you can zip right out to them. So oh, we're hoping... How to get a 100% match. How to get a 100% cash. rate of return. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So look out for those highlights as well, and those can be tools that you use to kind of help those around you to, to sort of share the good news of financial stewardship. So definitely go check that out. I think you'll be very pleased with the way we've laid out the, the YouTube channel as well as embedded videos on moneyguy.com. So go definitely check out moneyguy.com. And here's... The second announcement that's really cool information that we wanted to share with our listeners is that the Money Guy slash Abound family is actually growing. So if you've, if you've listened to us and we know there's a lot of financial advisors that are listening to us, we also know there's a lot of students yep, right. who are in school getting accounting degrees, getting finance degrees, um, and just think that, man, it would be great. How do I get into this industry and start doing this for a living? We're growing. We, we think that we probably will have, we're getting close to wanting to hire another associate sure. position, probably around the January timeframe. So we still, we're a little early, yep. but we felt like it's a good time to start having the discussion. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to the Money Guy show and you're like, how do I crack into the industry? And is my heart of an educator to the point that I think I want to do this full time for a living? Reach out to us. Um, you can go to the contact page on either aboundwealth.com or moneyguy.com. Reach out to us. Let us know your interest, and um, we can start the discussion. Yep. I think I'm, I'm curious to see how many of our listeners will will take us up on that offer. But it's also an exciting thing. I think we've we've been hiring for the last few years, but this is the first time I think we've opened it up to our actual podcast listeners right. to see what the talent pool. Because like I said, you guys have already said it once in the show. Cream of the crop. So why not see if that can also help us out and be successful with the the structure of our of, of our employees here at the firm too. Um, before I get back into the meat, I, I feel like I always have to say it because that's what keeps the engine of this thing rolling is that we do work with clients in 37, 38 states. I mean, we have some things in flux right now on, on some of those new states. We just but, uh, it's 38 as of this morning. Look at that. She's got a brand new client. Signed so up podcast. Positive, positive thinking there. If you're the podcast listener that sent us the contract this morning, just know that you're the 38th state. Pretty exciting. <laughs> so, so go to moneyguy.com. If you like what you hear and you like that this is a full circle process, meaning that the more we give you, the more success you have as an individual, we hope you get to that graduation point that you say, you know what? I have been so successful with all this guidance that I need somebody to take this to the next level. Reach out to us. Go to moneyguy.com and go to the contact page or aboundwealth.com and look at the contact page there. We are looking to grow the family. We have an outstanding team, um, and I think you'll find that the way we do business is unique. And one of the last things I'll say before we jump in is 
we have this unique thing that's going on where clients and listeners are referring us to their parents. Their parents are getting older. Mm-hmm. And you would think the technology thing would be causing trouble. But no. I mean, we had a, I had a one-year assessment meeting just yesterday with a, a parent. And I got to tell you, they, they are now way up on the food chain of our favorite clients. And we asked them, is the technology, is the distance, is geographic, uh, geographically, have you noticed any problems? And they're like, not at all. I mean, and that, that, that warms my heart. And I think it's a cool growth opportunity yep. because it doesn't just have to be the, the technology advanced podcast listener that, that can be, benefit from hopefully some right. of the advice and the relationship that we can build. So let's get back to this cautionary tale. Here's where the pirate comes in is that as I was thinking about why we even should do this show, because you're right, Bo, I think you should look at retirement assets. They have a a very important responsibility in a job. I mean, as we talk about our army of dollar bills, I mean, I've told you that I am a very caring general. I want every one of my dollars that's in my army to, to feel like that they have a key job and that their job is so important that the goal was not going to be accomplished without everybody being all hands on deck. So sure. being part of a compassionate and caring general is you don't want to waste any of your dollars that are in your army. Okay. So if we're going to be talking about deploying assets before we reach 59 and a half, and what, what, what is 59 and a half? Why have I said, 59 and a half. What does that, what does that date mean? Yeah. So a lot of retirement accounts like 401ks or like, uh, IRAs, um, they have special rules where if you want to access the money, you still have to pay ordinary income tax, but if you want to get access to your money without paying a 10% penalty, you have to wait until you reach a certain age. And that age, that sort of magical number is 59 and a half. But all loving internal revenue service, correct? That's right. The IRS is the one who puts that in place. <laughs> so, so 59 and a half. So, Here's the, here's the power reference is I feel like we have a treasure map here. We have a path that we're about to chart for you on how you can get a- access to what I call third rail assets. Why are they third rail assets? When you t- hear about people talking about journalism and other things, there's subjects that people don't touch because they're so scared. It's so controversial that you touch the third rail. And do you, do you know what a third rail is, Bo? I have no idea what you're talking. When you're talking about. about subways and other things, where there is a rail for subway cars to get the power to actually power the subway cars. There's that the third rail, meaning it has electricity flowing through it. If you touch it, it kills you. So that's why it's called "Don't touch the third rail." How, how on earth do you know that? How so, is that a piece of knowledge in your head? You've never heard that's a third rail discussion. Like they always talk about social security is a third rail political thing. You don't touch it because it's political suicide. Man, I so lo- I've already learned something on the money guy show. This so morning. third rail asset, meaning assets you don't typically touch. I look at this as a treasure map. Yes, X marks the spot, but it's just like a pirate's map in the fact that if you don't respect how dangerous this treasure map is or this guide to your retirement assets, getting to them prematurely, there's lots of peril. There's lots of sea monsters. There's lots of dangerous waves. There's dangerous pirates that could totally derail and and make your assets not as effective in retirement as possible. So that's why we say it's a cautionary tale. This is very much a tool that should be respected. And here's the other thing that I think is important to know. Everything we're going to share today gets you out of the early penalty. That early penalty is 10%. However, there is no way out of the taxes. Death doesn't even get you out of the income taxes. So nothing we're sharing today um, will get you out of the taxes. And that's an important thing to understand is because let me give you an example of why you need to be so scared about using retirement assets early. 
let's just say you need $10,000. Right. You say, Brian, I'm in a pickle of a situation. I need $10,000. What would you have to pull to get $10,000? This will surprise you. If you take into account that you have a 25% tax bracket, okay. and then you're under 59 and a half, and you're going to be subject to a 10% penalty, if you still needed to get net of everything, all the withholding for taxes, all the withholding for penalties, you would have to pull out $15,385 just to get 10. Wow. So if you think about that, $1,539 of it is going to be penalties, and then $3,846 will be taxes. That seems like a lot of your assets. That Remember that army analogy where we're hoping every dollar that's in your army has a job, is working. Mm-hmm. I don't think an effective use of your army is to send them into the perils of paying penalties. Sure. Or income taxes for that matter. Not until it's time for them to actually go and accomplish that goal of paying taxes. So that's why this is such an important thing. But we understand life happens, so let's prioritize this. Let's first talk about reasons that it might make sense. What are the heavy things that might make sense for accessing your retirement assets early? Sure. We'll get into some of the other ones that to avoid later, but let's first talk about reasons that it might make sense because of life. Medical cost. Okay, yeah. So if something comes up you weren't expecting, weren't planning for, a big medical bill shows up, that might be a time that you want to access So that's a, you're, you're first, you're like, well, gosh, that's great that the, the federal government has put together an exception that allows me to have access to my retirement accounts, specifically IRAs for medical costs. But whew, before you get too excited and think that our, our federal government is so compassionate, realize there's some exceptions and some rules and some hoops you have to jump through. The first thing is, is that the portion that's going to be penalty-free for medical costs is only the portion that exceeds 10% of your adjusted gross income. And realize when I, adjusted gross income is a tax, an IRS term. And it's that, it's the really the bottom line on your front page. So when you add up all your income sources down at the bottom of your 1040 is your adjusted gross income. After you take into account a few things that, that, that you can lower down, whether it's self-employment taxes, half of self-employment taxes, health insurance. But if you go look at your front page of your tax return, that bottom line number at the bottom after adding up all your income, Taking a few adjustments is your adjusted gross income. So I want to make sure I understand this, Brian. So if if my spouse and I, we both work, we both make $50,000 a year, so we make $100,000 a household, in order for us to get a penalty de- penalty-free distribution for medical expenses... The bill has to be over 10% of $100,000 or over $10,000? The portion that will be penalty-free is the portion over 10%. Oh, so I don't even get a pass on that that, $10,000. You're going to pay $1,000 of penalties on your example. $100,000 of income, 10% of adjusted gross income is $10,000. So if your medical expenses, for giving an example, if your medical expenses were fifteen dollars 5000 of it's going to be penalty-free. Still going to pay income tax sure. on the whole thing, but 5000 is going to be penalty-free. That initial $10,000 or the 10% of adjusted gross income, you're going to pay some taxes wow. on it. So that's why you be very careful before you think about doing this. And then here's another key thing. Logistically, your medical expenses need to be in the exact same year that you, that you, um, that you're pulling, that you're taking the deduction. So your medical expenses and the deduction need to line up. That's a lot of things that kind of need to line up to make this thing a viable option for you. Um, moving on kind of the same tree line of um, family tree of, of need is 
How about health insurance premiums? You know, that kind of correlates with medical expenses. Sure. Um, there is, if you are unemployed and you've been on, you've been receiving unemployment benefits for 12 weeks, you can now start paying your health insurance penalty free from your retirement assets, okay. your, your IRAs. Okay. So that's something. And then to kind of close out life happens, things that you might want to consider, um, potential decent reasons. I don't want to use the word good because I still think that you ought to look at this very cautionary in a cautionary mindset is death and permanent disability also are exceptions to pulling assets out of your your IRAs. Now, I can imagine some of you are out there listening saying, whoa, whoa, whoa that, there's something you guys are forgetting. There's an option, an opportunity to have available through work. We're going to get there. I just I want you to zone out and think we missed something. We're going to get there. We're kind of going through the order list of need to start out. Yeah, and we're kind of focusing on individual retirement accounts, IRAs. And then we do, we have a catch-all to kind of at the end of getting through this list of priority with your individual retirement accounts. Um, we'll come back to 401ks, 403bs, and then, man, oh, man, if you guys are in that 457 plan, that governmental 457 plan, we got something really sexy for you. I know I, I don't use that word lightly when I say <laughs> sexy and governmental savings. There's something big going on with 457s. So, so the, the next one is actually a, a good a good thing, right? So we just talked about some of this kind of a bad life thing happens. The next one's kind of when a good life thing happens, right? Yeah. And and let's talk about what happens because and this makes me think of all those TV shows, tiny houses. Okay. What is the, the you see these commercials? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Where it, none of them have kids, right? I, I don't. I don't think I've seen an episode with kids, but I'm always for all of us. Bo, you have your you have a baby. Uh huh. Um, you have a also a toddler, uh, and yeah. I've got a teenager, and then I've got a, a second grader. So I mean, it's. I'm always laughing when I'm, I love watching these shows because I'm like, oh yeah, can you imagine having a, a baby? In a 600 square foot oh, home. That's, that I mean, it would just pretty... be spectacular. But there are people who are making sacrifices. We, our last episode we did was live like no one else by yep. making these decisions will bring you tremendous success. And there, I will tell you, your millennial generation mm-hmm. doing some incredible things. Sure. These tiny homes is a symptom of people who are willing to make a sacrifice in the way they live their life so that they can save. There's all these blogs and others that have people trying to retire by the time they're 40. Yep. People trying to retire by the time they're 45, even 50, you know, and, and so it's an entire movement. There's a movement it's called the to, to fire, retire early. The fire movement. Did you so, know that? It's a financial independence retirement retire early movement. It's a whole deal. Yeah. It's a big. It's a big thing. Out we there. could give some plugs to people that are really big in that movement, but it, let's let's keep going. So this fire movement of retiring early. What's some tools in your tool belt that will actually facilitate you being able to leave the workforce? So the first thing you're thinking was, I, I, you know, I'm loading up every year. I'm loading up these retirement accounts. It seems kind of silly if I think I'm leaving the workforce at 45. How am I going to get this stuff if I can't touch it until I'm 59 and a half? Sure. Don't worry. The government has you covered with some pretty cool rules. There's a there's an exception with individual retirement accounts called. You ready for this? Substantial equal periodic payment or SEPP what what in the world does that mean Brian well what this means is is that you can essentially take and annuitize your IRA you can say I'm going to since I'm retiring early I want to start pulling off of my IRA each year to live off of because I've retired early and the government has an exception they say okay we're still gonna pay income taxes but we're gonna let you out of the penalties because you are using these assets for retirement. Now, here's the trick with this. 
when you hear this, let me give you the rules and then tell you how this applies to real world, you know, how you're going to make this sure. work. Um, when you do this, here's the catch. If you implement this strategy, you have to keep it in effect for at least five years or until you reach 59 and a half. And here's the catch of whichever comes last. Okay. Not first. Last. So if you're 40 years old and you tr- decide you want to go with this, this strategy of substantial and equal periodic payments is, and you start annuitizing your or amortizing your IRA, you have to keep doing this until you reach 59 and a half. That's a big commitment. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, close yeah. to 20 years if you're a 40 year old. So the thing is, is you're like, well, how do I minimize the risk of doing this? Cause that seems like that's a heavy, heavy commitment when I'm so young is that now I'm going to turn this IRA into an income stream and I'm going to be paying income taxes until I reach 59 and a half. Right. So the gov- good news is the government lets you, there's three different ways you can figure out your income stream. You can do either the amortization method, the annuitization method, or the required minimum distribution. And here's the planning opportunity. You don't have to do your whole account. You can go and, and separate out. Say you have uh, a three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar IRA. You could go set up a new IRA with a hundred thousand dollars and turn that hundred thousand dollar IRA under this strategy. Huh. You don't have to do the whole kit and caboodle. So this gives you some planning opportunities that mathematically allows you to go figure out. Looking at these three different methods, the government lets you choose which one benefits you, and you could essentially create your own pension yeah. for yourself. Now, here's where, because I, I like to give real-world stories on this stuff. I have done, over my career of 20, how old am I now? How long have I been doing this? Long 21, time. 22 long years of, of doing this. I have done at least seven spreadsheets where I've presented this to clients right. who, who were retiring early, and I have implemented zero. So there is some cool planning opportunity, I think, in theory, when you look at this, of, okay, it's cool. We could go segregate out an IRA. Right. We could figure out how much I need to live off of monthly. Right. And we could structure this IRA to pay me. But then when people get to the point of saying, okay, let's sign the dotted line. Let's go ahead and lock this thing down. They go, wait a minute. I'm signing on that. I'm going to commit to this for the next 12 years. Yeah. 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 Man, that's going to really push my income taxes up if I decide that this whole retirement thing's not working. Yet I got to keep taking this until I reach 59 and a half. And usually people chicken out. Right. So I think that my cautionary tale on this is make sure you really think you are going to retire because once you start this income stream, it's rolling until you reach that, that full retirement age. Bo, anything, you have any additional thoughts on that one? Cause that's no, it's kind same, of unique. Same thing. I, you know, it's a fantastic planning opportunity. And it's really fun to think about academically, but in practice, we just don't see it a ton. That doesn't yeah. mean that it doesn't happen and there aren't opportunities where you can do that. It's just not something that's super prevalent. So let's talk about just because you can doesn't mean you should. Because there's a lot of people, and this is, I'm going to go outside of what we're talking about here, is one of my biggest pet peeves when we do 401ks, and I know we're focusing on IRAs right now, right. but I do want to say this because it's, it's, it's several things going on. When you separate from service with any employer, if your account's less than $5,000, they can just stro- stroke you a check, right, essentially. Yeah. And they, if you're not active very well, they, they, they can send you money. And it breaks my heart when you see people get those distributions just sent out to them. And then the second thing that breaks my heart is when somebody goes and buys a brand new car 
um, <laughs> you know, they retire and they get their, their, their package from HR that says, okay, you don't work here anymore. You have options. Right. You know, here's the paperwork. If you want to take a distribution, that same paperwork that's doing the distribution very well could do a rollover mm-hmm. or something else that's much tax smart or smarter from a tax perspective. But a lot of people will use it to put a swimming pool in their backyard or will do, uh, a, a brand new car right. and that stuff it really makes me sad yeah. it, it turns yep. you, you turn such an optimistic storyline into oh it's so much potential so that's why i think the perfect topic here is just because you can doesn't mean you should and let's talk about individual retirement accounts and all the ways that the government makes available for you to avoid penalties but i think you really should think long and hard about any of these mm-hmm. so the first one education Oh, uh, this is yeah. We hear we hear a lot about th- a lot about this one because a lot of folks will say to us, Brian, you know, I'm re- I'm nervous about funding 529s because what if my kid doesn't go to college or what if we overfund it? Why don't I just build up a whole lot of money in my IRA and I know I can use that for education? So that's probably the best way to save for college, right? Yeah, I mean you hear that, and I I know I sound like a broken record, but I think it's worth repeating. There's an entire industry. That helps your child, whether it's scholarships, whether it's grants, whether it's student loans, that will help your children make it through their educational goals. I don't know of this cottage industry that funds retirement. I've yet to, I mean, maybe we could be the first one that offers yeah. retirement, retirement scholarships. scholarships. You know, send, come, send your application. Send, send your now. application. If you, if, if you run a, 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 you know, the hundred yard dash really quick, <laughs> maybe we'll help fund your retirement when you're 60 years old. I mean, there's, you just don't see those opportunities don't come your way. So I, I would, I would tell people be very careful because the government does make available, and, and, they, and this is a pretty big umbrella they offer. I mean, it's your spouse, it's your children, it's your grandchild. You can have access to your retirement accounts for all those different family members as long as it's to an eligible institution and it's qualified education expenses. And when you hear me use the word qualified education expenses, because 529s, um, Coverdale Educational IRAs, they all are using a very similar definition. That's your tuition, that's your fees, that's your books, your supplies, your room and your board. I mean, it's all that stuff that does qualify, but there's lots of catches. Sure. You know, one of the biggest ones, if you are, maybe, because if you're thinking about using an IRA, it probably means you're not super flush Mm -hmm. with cash. So maybe you qualify for financial aid just naturally off of a needs-based program or uh, your children. So there's, there's a form you fill out when you are applying for federal financial aid. It's the free application for federal student aid. Bo, make me sound, make us sound smarter. How do you, how do you, what's this? Those, it, the, it's the FAFSA. Yeah. Say the this. FAFSA. See, that sounds so ridiculous hearing that, but it is the free application for federal student aid. It's a, it's a form you have to fill out. The problem with using retirement assets is now all of a sudden you've brought that income in and it will count against you. So I guess, you know, the if you were considering using these assets, I saw strategies all over the place when I was doing research on this, is that the year to do it is your senior year because you're not applying for yeah. financial aid, you know, after your senior year. But still, I just don't like seeing individuals use retirement assets for education. Sure. Sure, so, sure. so think long and hard before you make that choice. Another one, positive thing for you personally, but probably not a great use of those retirement assets, home purchase. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is something we had this question asked us a good bit is, hey, should I just go pull from my IRA to come up with a down payment for my house? 
Why not right. go pull from my IRA? And hey, look, the government even gives me an exception. You know, I, they, they have this first time home buyer program where I can go pull $10,000 out for, you know, penalty free. Right. And if I'm married up to $20,000 potentially, potentially between me and my spouse, hey, that could really help out with a down payment. The problem with that is that it, it is so much harder to get those assets back. And plus, you know, $20,000 that potentially could be $100,000 mm-hmm. at retirement. Right. Yes, it's great to have that shelter, but there's so many programs with it, whether it's FHA, yep. um, you know, there's different ways that you can get into real estate, um, without a huge down payment that it, it just doesn't seem appropriate to sacrifice those retirement assets. Now, a lot of you have probably heard that, that terminology, first time home buyer. Wait a minute. What, what does that even mean? What the IRS, it doesn't mean that you have to be 22 years old or 24 years old and you've never owned a house. Right. It just means that you couldn't have a primary residence in the last two years. Couldn't own so, a primary residence. Yeah, you couldn't own a primary. Now, it gets kind of gray. Believe me, there's all kind of blogs if you want to go deeper. If you if you have a vacation home, maybe you haven't had a primary residence. It gets. We're not going into those crazy reindeer games sure. that you could do, but just know that Housing is one of those, another one of those things. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And then we, uh, some other opportunities, reservists. If you're in the military and you've been called into active duty, the government does make it eligible for you to get access to those retirement accounts without penalties. Um, I thought this last one that we like to talk about is kind of a, an ironic, funny one. If you have a tax lien, you have an outstanding tax bill that you and the government have been talking about. Hey, how are you going to pay this outstanding bill? They give you the opportunity. What a nice, what nice guys they are to get access to your retirement accounts to pay any outstanding tax bills. Uh, so I just want to make sure that it's penalty free, right? But I still have to pay income tax on that. So oh, yeah. I can you just kind of exasperate the situation. Okay. You're going to go create taxes to so you can pay, pay your taxes. taxes. Okay. It, it all ties in quite nicely to the whole death and tax joke line, punch lines that, you know, people talk about that you're not getting out of the income taxes. Um, Bo, this kind of, now we're at the point of the, of talking about outside of IRAs. Sure. There are some unique planning opportunities just with retirement accounts pre 59 and a half. Um, kind of, kind of walk through a few of those. Yeah. The biggest one is if you are somebody who's thinking about retiring early. And when I say retiring early, I mean before 59 and a half. There is an opportunity that if you are participating in a 401k or a 403b, uh, ERISA qualified retirement plan and you separate from service, uh, and you're at least 55 years old, you can start to access those assets. 50 if you're a public service, 50 potentially. 50 if you're a public servant. Uh, and so what that means is that even if you're someone who maybe you changed jobs when you were in your 40s, but you left your old 401k sitting at an old employer and you retire 55, you still have access to draw from those assets so long as you're separated from service and at least 55 years old. So that's a pretty exciting opportunity for those who think they don't want to quite work all the way uh, until age 60. And you had, I mean, because I think it's always... You heard me tell the story on the substantial equal periodic payments, how I've done a lot of spreadsheets, but I haven't actually implemented. I think it's very powerful for people to know um, when somebody retires early. You actually had family members take advantage of of that 55 separation rule. Yeah, so one thing that happens is, you know, we talk about this all the time, Brian. We're talking to uh, new clients that 401ks or employer-sponsored retirement plans are really a love-the-one-you're-with type opportunity, meaning... Uh, the investment object, the investment options inside the plan aren't all created equal. Sometimes there are these really great plans that have really low cost indexes and a nice robust lineup. 
And sometimes a, a plan might only have five, six options, and they might be really fee-laden and expensive. Uh, and so I've had a family member in the past who had a very large uh, 401k because it was a very generous employer, but the investment options were not fantastic. Right. And this individual wanted to retire at 55. So one planning strategy that we did is we calculated how much that he and his wife needed to get from age 55 to age 59 and a half. We left that portion in the 401k and rolled the remainder to an IRA rollover where we could actually go design a well, a well-developed and robust diversified Much lower portfolio. expenses, better investment choices. That's exactly right. So we essentially had these two portfolios, one for the short term, paying for those five years, and then the bigger pot was actually growing for the future. So it was a really neat planning opportunity to still be able to grow the portfolio, but also allow this person to retire early. In a nerdy way, doesn't that get make you give you chill oh, bumps yeah, that you awesome. can actually do it's so cool awesome. stuff like that where yep. you get to break out the assets and make sure everything, that's what being a good field general, every dollar bill was doing something very appropriate that's right. and allocated to be as, as efficient in their job as possible. I thought, because this came up at, our, at our, that retirement meeting, loans, oh, you know, yeah. 401ks. Now, once again, cautionary tale, we don't like, it, you know, you made a joke about it during your presentation, but you said every time I talk about a loan, I'm going to tell you guys, don't do it. <laughs> but if you get in a pickle of a situation, yep. you at least have options. Right. It is one of those things where if you're in a 401k, a 403b, there's very a very good chance you might have access to a loan. So if you got in a, in a situation where you needed access to retirement assets, you lease with a loan. Here's the cool thing over IRAs. Everything I gave you on that exceptions list was to avoid penalties. Right. But as soon as you pulled that money out, you were paying income taxes as well. So you were gutting probably 25 to 30% of the assets if you add the state plus your federal income taxes. That's sad because that money will never work for you again. However, with a 401k, we don't love it, but you can take a loan, probably pay it back over a five-year period, and guess who... Is pay, you're paying interest on that amount. There's a, usually an interest rate that is calculated by your plan administrator. But guess who that interest rate is being paid to? Well, it's got to be the IRS, right? That's who oh, takes from the IRA, that's right? That's so cool. You actually are paying yourself back and no income taxes are due on the loan until or unless you separate from service before you've actually paid the money back. So we don't like seeing loans, but I think it's a much more viable option than going yanking money out of IRAs and paying income taxes that you'll never get back. So I want to make sure I understood that right, Brian. So there was an example earlier. You said if we needed to get $10,000 out of an IRA to cover the taxes and penalty, we actually have to pull out maybe $15,000. Yeah, getting close to $16,000. And that, just, that extra five or six just disappears. Yeah. With a 401k, if we need... $10,000 and our account balance is at least 20 because you're limited to how much you can borrow. I can actually just pull out that 10 and I get to pay myself back so it gets back in the account. Yeah, and, and, and that is truly a much better thing because you didn't have to pull that five for the, the penalties and interest. But I do want to, the, the, the bad thing is, is there is an opportunity cost, a big opportunity cost because that $10,000 that you pulled out, yes, it's great. You didn't have to pull fifteen to $16,000 out, but that 10 is no longer working like it was because when you are paying back that interest rate, that's money that could have been potentially doing better with the S&P 500 or a good balance or a diversified mutual fund strategy. Yep. So that that's the thing just to, to, to keep that in mind. But it's it's definitely better to have that money working for you instead of pulling out an extra 50 to 60% sure. just to pay taxes and penalties. Sure. The last thing, and we kind of tease this, we love us some governmental 457 plans. And so if you work at... Um, 
uh, a university, mm-hmm. um, some governmental facility like a county government or something like that, you might have access to not only a 457 plan, but a 401k or a 403b. Right. And realize, here's why these things are Shangri-La for retirement savings. They're two different code sections of the IRS. So, you know, a lot of people, when you're saving for retirement, there's some contribution limits. Um, they're called 415 limits. You know, for a person who's under 50, you can do $18,000 a year. For a person who's over 50, you can do 24000 because right. of the $6,000 catch-up. Um, and you're like, oh, man, but if I, if I you know, I've, I've got a two job, you know, I work at two hospitals or sometimes you, or you change jobs throughout the year and you max out the first one. You don't get to, you're capped mm-hmm. no matter how many employees you have to that 415 limit, meaning that you as an individual can only do $18,000. Right. Salary deferrals. Because they're different code sections, you can max out your 401k or 403b at the 18,000. But then if you have also have access to a 457, you can also max that out. That's right. I mean, I, and I realize this is a very small portion of the population, sure. but it is still, I mean, it gives me so excited to think that you're sticking it to the man legally with this huge loophole, legal loophole. To save that much money for retirement. But Brian, I'm so confused. So yeah, 457, it, it sounds great that I can save more money, but we're talking about taking money out early. What's, what's a 47 so to do with that? I just, that's one of those sidebars I couldn't help but share. But here's the other cool thing. And this is something when I was working with local government, when I was doing the county commission type things, we made sure that we shared this with all of our police officers as well as just county employees in general is that 457, governmental 457 plans. This dreaded 10% penalty that we're talking about is just what we can help you avoid. It doesn't have it. Remember, it's a different part of the code section for the IRS, so they didn't even write in the 10% early withdrawal penalty. So you can have access to your 457 before 55. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's truly incredible. It's a get-out-of-jail card. Now, remember... This is probably for those people living in the, the tiny homes that are truly using these assets for retirement. I don't want you taking advantage of that 457 just so you can buy a better F-150. That's not, even though that's what millionaire next doors drive, that doesn't mean you go use your retirement assets to buy a brand new F-150. There is just one other thing that we didn't mention, Brian, that I think is important to mention. And I'm going to kind of take this opportunity to maybe... Um, talk to some of our uh, younger listeners or folks that are just starting out. Because I feel like anytime somebody talks about, hey, I, I want to start investing, I want to start you know, putting away money for the future, but man, I'm nowhere near 59 and a half, and I don't want to lock up my money. I don't want to do that. This is the encouragement that I always give them, assuming they're able. I say, you should go put money into a Roth IRA. Exactly. Say, so, whoa, I don't, why? No, that's 59 and a half. I don't do that. One thing that a lot of people don't realize, and this is like the knife, it's a tool, but you should not use it, is that you can always access money that you put into your Roth IRA, penalty-free and tax-free. Just so, make sure the account's open for five years. There yeah. is a there is a time holding, but it's exactly right, Bill. Yep. I mean, that's what you'll hear people use this potentially as an education planning, as well as I mentioned it to somebody yep. not long ago that you know you put in. You know, fifty five hundred dollars into a Roth IRA uh, it grows to be twenty five thousand. Uh, you need to find a way to pay for the kids' education. You could pull that fifty five hundred out right. without penalty and let that money keep working without income taxes too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing because the Roth money, remember, is already after tax. I don't like the idea because I like 
sticking it to the government legally. Love you, IRS. Believe me, you know that. You see how much I send you every quarter. But it is nice to ta- take, take advantage of and maximize all the different ways to avoid taxes. Mm-hmm. And those Roth assets, man, there is nothing better than watching those assets grow completely tax-free. And then what's really cool, this is not really in this subject matter, but still under the same umbrella of how just being smart and being good with your army of dollar bills, is that Roth IRAs also are not subject to required minimum distributions. Mm-hmm. So how point. cool is it that if you let this money continue to work for you, now you've created a stretch opportunity, a legacy opportunity for your estate plan with Roth IRA assets. But, Bo, you're right. For somebody who maybe is scared and wants some flexibility and, and you're hoping that life changes and gets easier and better from a financial perspective, why not? Yep. At least when you're trying to prioritize how do you save Roth assets are definitely way up on that food chain because of that additional flexibility of pulling out the principal, not only penalty-free, but income tax-free, right. too. So that's a great, great point. Um, you know, you always do such a great job of summarizing or just giving cautionary thoughts to, to kind of close shows out. Anything that you kind of want to share if, if somebody was trying to figure out which direction to head with all this? Yeah, the thing I would say is that, remember, retirement assets ultimately are meant for retirement. But if you find yourself in a situation where maybe uh, you do need to access them or life has happened and something has gone unfortunate, make sure before you just take the quickest and easiest path, calling Vanguard, calling Fidelity, asking for your money, make sure you put a little thought into it because these seemingly small decisions over a long time frame can have a really big impact. So if you are going to utilize your army, make sure you're taking as few casualties as possible. Yeah, compounding interest is one of the most powerful forces in the universe, but it can work against you. Mm-hmm. So if you pull those, uh, those 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 dollars off the table too soon, you're going to find, I mean, and, and I don't want to go too far out on it, but what does it take to be a millionaire? Remember, this is what got me energized to do this for a living is that, that economics teacher in high school right. who, who told me while I was still working at Hardee's and a crew leader of the drive-thru, and he's like, man, if you guys could just save $100 a month, you'll be a millionaire. And I was like, Oh, I could save $100 a month. That's not a problem. But you quickly, a 40-year-old might be needing to save thousands of dollars a month just because they delayed saving for, you know, that, that decade and a half, um, between, you know, being in your early 18 to 20. I mean, it doesn't make sense to let time as well as compounding interest start working against you. Let it be the juice that just totally takes you to a place that you want to be with your retirement. It all goes back to that podcast we just did that you can once again go check out last week's episode or two weeks ago's episode on YouTube. We invite you, please go check out um, this new medium that we're trying to connect with you. But you can live like no one else by making those small sacrifices. And we also hope that you, you learn these tools and maybe you're trying to figure out you're facing some life things. You've made some great decisions in the past, but life is happening and you've got more complexity. And you're like, gosh, I love all the stuff you shared, but I don't know. I got so many variables. How do I prioritize and put this together? Reach out to us. Mm-hmm. You know, take that relationship to the next level. Go to moneyguy.com. Go to the website. Go to Abound Wealth. Check out who we are. I think you're going to be fine. One of the biggest compliments I always get, or we get, is when people meet any of our team members yep. or us, they say, you're just like you are on the show. Yep. Because this is not, I mean, there's no putting on airs or fronts. Heck, you could probably tell because we just don't come off. We come off, I think, as knowing our stuff, but definitely 
Not, there's no airs about well, the whole process. Well, now you can actually see us, too. Now that yeah. if you go to youtube.com slash show, you can actually see us. You can, you're going to be able to tell when I'm stressed out because I'll have a, adult pimples or I'll have bags <laughs> under my eyes. It gives a whole nother level for you to connect and um, bring out all those high school insecurities. But we do whatever we can to make you guys feel like we're connecting with you and also just investing in the future. We're going to make sure that we continue to grow this thing because this passion project has taken off. And you guys are a big part of it. If you can continue to leave the, the iTunes comments, um, you know, just reaching out to us, all these different things make us relevant. Continue to tell your friends and family as well. We'll be back in two weeks. I'm your host, Brian Preston. This is The Money Guy Show. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. (laughs) 